Hi, I'm Alicia Michelle, and as a trained and certified Christian mindset coach, I've helped hundreds of Christian women discover brain science-based mindset tools to help them grow closer to God and break free from anxiety, perfectionism, people-pleasing, and feeling like they're never enough. The Christian Mindset Coach is the award-winning podcast that shows you how to use simple brain science principles and biblical truth to renew your mind for lasting confidence, joy, and peace. I'm so glad you're here. Grab a cozy spot and let's get started. Hey there. Welcome to today's episode of The Christian Mindset Coach with me, Alicia Michelle. Listen, we are going to face overwhelm, no matter if we are in a place where we have been dealing with a lot of these deeper mental issues or if we have it. I wanted to tell you first off at the beginning of this conversation that dealing with overwhelm, dealing with emotions that feel overwhelming is something that we just have to face as humans. And so today I want to give us some very practical tools, six questions that I ask myself and I found to be a good guideline for God helping me move through the heat of the the feeling, the heaviness of that emotion to a place of clarity and calm. So I want to share those with you today, and I want to give you some hope that if you feel overwhelmed by your emotions, first of all, just to say that it's human, we have human emotions, they're part of experiencing this world around us, and that God has given us very practical tools to be able to work with those emotions in a way that doesn't move us away from the truth, but actually allows us to dig deeper into what we're feeling and to connect with God through the process. So as we get started here, I wanted to say first a couple of things about this idea of feeling overwhelmed and the questions that we're going to be addressing. First, this is one of those things that is one layer of the process that there are lots of other ways that we can find calm and clarity through um, or in those moments when we feel overwhelmed and we're not quite sure what to do. The Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit is a great resource for that. Even if you feel like um, maybe anxiety isn't something that you struggle with, if you have these feelings of feeling overwhelmed, that is a resource that shows you what are the main triggers, what's behind those triggers, what's really at stake, what's causing that, and what is the plan that you can make to help yourself in that moment using very practical tools using logic, using Bible verses, using lots of things together to find some clarity. So that is a great resource if you're looking for other things outside of just some questions you can use as a grid to walk yourself through it. The second thing I wanted to say is that the questions that we're going to be sharing today, these are things you can think through in the moment, or you can use them for deeper introspection. If you feel like there's this issue, especially something that keeps coming up over and over, you can use this as a way to guide journaling, a way to guide your prayer, a way to just kind of keep checking in about the issue if you feel like it keeps coming up. So these are these questions are, are applicable in both stages. And sometimes I find myself working through a grid like this. Like I said, I can work through it in like 20, 30 seconds, or there's times when it, it really does need a little bit more prompting and time with God. And third, these questions, they are an expansion. They're an expansion of the main tool that you may have heard me talking about before, which is called ADD, Acknowledge, Discern, and Decide. So you'll see as we go through these questions, how they really are, they really are, like I said, an expansion, a a growing, a, a different way to look at different aspects of ADD. And ADD has been so helpful and powerful, not just for me, but literally tens of thousands of women that I've taught it to. So I am excited to be able to teach you that concept again here very quickly, but to also make it applicable to something in the moment that you're struggling with this overwhelm that you might be feeling. 
So just to give you a roadmap of where we're going today, I am going to share the six questions here first. So you can kind of see, all right, these are the main topics we're covering. And then I'm going to dive into them individually and, and break them down a little bit, share some scriptures, share some stories, and we'll cover them that way. So before I go into those questions, let's talk about what is ADD. So ADD is this three-part process that I teach women to use to connect with God to better manage their emotions. And it is three parts. The first part is to acknowledge. So you're acknowledging and noticing what you're feeling inside. You're saying, all right, so I'm feeling really angry right now. Or in this case, I'm feeling extremely overwhelmed or, or like everything is spinning out of control. Looking at it and noticing it, saying it, and not judging it, not saying, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way, or it's wrong to feel that way. Just seeing it for what it is, having compassion on ourselves of why it makes sense. Well, I sit here, that is acknowledged, noticing it, getting it out there. And a lot, this is a step that a lot of us skip because we go straight to the second step of figuring out well, what's true and what's not true. And yet our minds are also full of emotions and feelings. And our world is full of things that cause us to feel emotions and feelings that may challenge what we know to be true. And so we have to work through that before we can just put that truth on ourselves. Because by doing that, sometimes we're, we're shutting down those emotions and pushing them down further and we can't deal with them later. And it actually counterproductive to the truth getting in there and helping us. And the good thing is, is that God is with us in our emotions. So he's not afraid of us saying, I'm really upset about this. I know I'm not supposed to be angry at somebody else when they wrong me like this, that I'm supposed to love and forgive. But until I get to that point, God, help me with these feelings that I'm feeling. God is with us in that place and in that space. So that's acknowledge. Discern is the second step. This is the deciding what is true. What is, where does truth in all of this? Where, where is God? Um, what would he say? And we'll, we'll dig more into that in a minute, but just what is true and what is not true. And then the third step is to decide. Okay. So in light of what I've acknowledged, in light of what I see is true, and in light of all of those things that I'm feeling, what's the next step that God wants me to take? What can I do with all of that? Not negating the feelings and certainly letting truth always be our guide. What is that next step? So that's acknowledge, discern, decide. That's ADD. So like I said, as you'll see, as I'm breaking down these questions, there is each of these questions is an expansion of that ADD process. So here are the six questions. Number one, what am I feeling and why does it make sense? So that's the acknowledge part. Number two, is this thought or emotion true? Discerning. Number three, is this helpful to think this thought or to have this emotion? Again, part of discerning. Number four, what part of the situation is mine to manage? And which part is someone else's responsibility, including God's responsibility to manage? That's also a discerning question. Number five, if it is mine to manage, is this something that I need to manage right now? That's a discerning question as well. And number six, what is God calling me to do with this? And how will I respond? That's a decide question. What am I going to do right now? What am I going to do next? So let's break these down into each individual question to look at them and see how we can use them to help us find calm and clarity when our emotions feel overwhelming. So the first question, what am I feeling? Why does this make sense? The acknowledge aspect of these questions. So like we said, we can use this tool in the moment. We can use it as kind of an ongoing process as we're working through something. So journaling is huge. If this is kind of an ongoing thing, being able to, to get things out regularly is, is powerful. 
And I recognize also, though, when we're talking about this, it may not be that you can just get to a journal right in that second. We're not saying that. And for a lot of us, journaling is kind of a, a scary thing. I work with women every day who say, I can't journal. I've never been able to journal. That's scary to me. So if you are able to, even if it's not in the moment, if you can later take some time to begin a regular practice, if it feels overwhelming to be able to write those things out, have a regular practice of doing what an author called Julia Cameron that I have, I've read her book and I love this concept she talks about in her book. It's called morning pages. So you're just writing out anything that's in your mind, three pages a day, anything. It could be your to-do list. It could be, I hate writing this. It could be a scripture. It could just be anything that's on your mind. And the purpose of this is just to figure out what's going on in our thoughts, what's happening there, and to make that a regular thing. So that process of getting it out and noticing it, asking ourselves why it makes sense, noticing it without judging, like we said, is so important. It's part of how God already sees us and, and sees our emotions anyway. He sees what we're feeling. He's not afraid of the fact that we have those emotions. He made us emotional creatures. So he wants us in those moments as little check engine lights to notice what we're feeling, to notice it and acknowledge it and see why it makes sense that we're feeling like this. And a subsequent question, you know, how might this be related? What we're feeling, this overwhelm we're feeling, how might this be related to other situations? Like sometimes it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back where we feel like this one thing really isn't that big of a deal, but it's because there's been all these other things that have been happening that remember, whether it's in that same genre or not, maybe there's a whole bunch of other things happening in your life that you're like, this one thing now makes me feel completely overwhelmed. That's great. That's normal. That's fine. And as women, especially, we have seen how our thoughts are all intertwined together. We can start out talking about our car and end up talking about a pair of gloves. I mean, seriously, you guys know it happens all the time. There's a very funny video that was shown recently in our small group women's study. And it was talking about how men have all of their thoughts. And they think about things like in little boxes and like, this is my box. I'm in my box. And I'm thinking about this right now. And women just don't understand that because all of the boxes are intertwined and, and relate together. So if you're a girl, you can get this. All that's to say, what are we feeling? Why does it make sense? How might it be related to other things we're feeling? So that is the first question. The second question we can ask to help find more common clarity when we're feeling overwhelmed is, is the thought or emotion true based on two factors, based on what God says is true or based on what truth is in general? Very often we put on filters on how we process information. We can let ourselves going, go down tangents, living in a fear of the future, letting ourselves completely go down this place that God's like, no, 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 no. Look, I, I understand that that is something that could happen, but right now this is the information I've given you. And this is where I want you to be. So is it true? I don't know. <laughs> the truth is right now, this is what's happening. Uh, there was a speaker recently I listened to who said just last week, I was uh, super stressed out because I had lung cancer and my daughter had a brain tumor. And it was like, she had allowed herself to go down this whole path because she had had this cough that wouldn't go away. And it was like all these symptoms. And then she Googled it and she's like, oh my gosh, it's a sign of lung cancer. And so she had appointment with the doctor and like all these things. And she was living in this future of like, so when I have lung cancer, like, how will I let, how will I deal with this? And you, you know, girl, you know, I've been there too. We go down these paths 
And then like with her daughter with the brain tumor, she had these headaches that wouldn't go away. And it must've been this, must've been that. And we get ourselves all worked up with these filters. We get ourselves all worked up. So how can we, when we're looking at the situation, can we ask ourselves, am I looking at this through extreme thinking or uh, the fear of the future? Am I putting any false expectations on this, unrealistic expectations? Am I looking at it as black or white? Like, well, there's only going to be this or only this. Obviously, we could talk about just this one question in a whole nother episode, but you get the point. What filters are we putting on it that could be altering how we see the truth and affecting how overwhelmed we feel about it? And then, of course, the big question here in terms of what is true is what's true, what God says. God wants us to keep our thoughts focused on what is true, right, and pure. We read that in Philippians 4. Now, that focusing on what's true, right, and pure comes after we have prayed and released. So we have to pray and release that. But the focus of our thoughts are supposed to be on what is true and right. We can release the fearful thoughts and we can refill our minds up with by actively focusing on truth. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And then also the promise in Ephesians six verses 10 to 11, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So we have to be aware what is true. How might the enemy be trying to trick us up, try to disrupt that peace, disrupt the, the, the calm that God has given us about a certain situation or just daily calm by trying to convince us of something that, that God hasn't said about us or that, again, these filters that we can put on our thinking. All right. The third question we can ask when to help us clarify the emotions is, all right, so now is this helpful? Is this helpful to think this thought or to have this emotion? First, will thinking about this bring me closer to God? Is dwelling on this, working through this, bringing me closer to God? Now, we might look at that at first and say, no, it's not bringing me closer to God. That's not true. So I want to avoid thinking it. And that could be the case. It might just be a flat out lie that's causing us to, to feel all this overwhelm. And that's important. Again, this is part of that discern process. So we got to figure that out. But there's another aspect that I want to challenge you on, which we avoid. And that is this idea that sometimes God brings stuff to our mind so that we can think, yeah, I know that's not true. I know I shouldn't be thinking this, but we can say, well, how might having this thought or feeling, how might that be revealing something deeper that God wants me to address, which would make this thought helpful in that sense. Not that we want to repeat a lie, not that we want to focus on something that isn't true. I, I think, I hope you hear what I'm saying, but that we can look at it from a different standpoint. Is it helpful to have this thought? It might be helpful to get us to a new place in our walk with God. It might draw us closer to confession, to deeper introspection. How might it be related to other issues that we have going on? Kind of like we talked about in that first question. So it can be helpful, not that we want to focus on untrue things, but it can be helpful to focus on them. So it's an interesting question to think about what other things might be related to this. The fourth question that we can ask ourselves for more calm and clarity is what part of the situation is mine to manage and which part is someone else's responsibility, including God's responsibility. Another aspect of the discern here, as you can hear. This is an extremely important question to ask when we're dealing with overwhelm related to worry and fear. In our attempt to take control and to make things turn out a certain way, often we will 
turn to overwhelm as a way to spin and spin and spin and spin, overthinking a situation, trying to come up with every solution to try to figure it out as a way to control it, as a way to avoid pain, a way to avoid getting hurt. And we often try to take on responsibility that's outside of our realm. So we can ask ourselves, what is mine to manage here? What is mine to not manage? And it's somebody else's responsibility. And what is God's responsibility? And I really think for me, this question applies to parenting. I am in a stage right now where I have a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and an 11-year-old. So my kids are in the thick of that stage of figuring out who they're going to be. Who are they in relationship to God? I mean, these are kids who've grown up in a Christian home, but we all have those decision moments of what are we going to do with the truth that's been given to us? What kind of friends will I make? What kind of decisions will I make when there's all kinds of temptation, all kinds of crazy things fighting for their truth? There are moments when as a mom, I am completely overwhelmed by that. I am overwhelmed at what could happen, at what could be. And I have to go back to this place of saying, what is mine to manage? What is theirs to manage? And what is God's to manage? What is mine to manage is that I am there to show up, to give them truth, to love them, to love, love, love them, to be a sounding board for them, to keep our relationship strong, to stand firm where we need to stand firm in areas where they need a little bit of extra guidance and some um, hedge building, so to speak that they are still not at a place where, you know, within the, within the, I'm speaking of the kids who are not 18 and above, because you turn 18, you're an adult, you get to make your own decisions and you're responsible for your own decisions. But where there is still that authority over those kids, um, what, what are the hedges that I can put in and where are the boundaries that I can put in? And then what is their responsibility? You know, they're responsible for making their own choices. They are. And that is a terrifying, terrifying thought for us as parents especially when we're like, these are, these are my babies. These are kids I've, I've raised. I, I nursed. I, I was up all night with, with earaches. I, I homeschooled them in my case. Like I, I did all of these things and yet they could still make these decisions to walk away from God, to deny God, to, to, to not even follow him. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's something that we have to wrestle with as parents because that's not ours to own. It's not our responsibility to own. So I have to recognize that for me personally. And then What's God's to own? It's God's job to continue to show up for them. And he loves them. He will show up for them. And it's God's job to keep reminding them of the truth that has been planted in them through whatever work that I've done as their parent, loving them, taking them to church, doing Bible studies with them, speaking truth over them, praying for them, whatever work others have put in their life in that way. And whatever work the Holy Spirit wants to do. I mean, he's the Holy Spirit. He can do whatever he wants to bring our kids to the Lord. But it's that place of going, God, I am not in control in these decisions. So I'm going to manage the parts that I'm going to manage, like for parenting. My part is to show up, to love, to pray like crazy, to trust, to listen, all of the things. And then I'm going to release the rest. All right. So if it's mine to manage, is this something, um, which, part, which part is mine to manage? That is the question number four. Hey friend, Alicia here. If you love connecting here on the podcast, here's the best thing you can do to support it. 
give the podcast a five-star rating and review. I've got a special gift for you when you do. It's my amazing 50 I am declarations. These are 50 statements and Bible verses about who you are in Christ. This is an audio meditation and a written statement that's extremely popular with my clients. And I want to give you access just for writing a five-star review. Simply screenshot your review and send it to hello at vibrantchristianliving.com and we'll send you the link to access the 50 I am declarations. You can even press pause right now on this episode and take two seconds to write that five-star rating and review, and then let us know about it at hello at vibrantchristianliving.com. Thank you so much for sharing your rating and review and for sharing about the podcast with your friends and family. Truly, it means the world to me, and you are helping others hear about these messages of hope. Number five, another question as we're moving through this process of, of calm and clarity when emotions feel overwhelming. So. If it's mine to manage, the part that's mine to manage, is this something that I need to manage right now? (laughs) Interesting question, right? Because there are times when, at least for me, it seems to happen that it's like 3 a.m. and I'm dealing with this, oh my gosh, what about this? What about this? What about this? You know, and it is a regular, daily, sometimes releasing decision to say, there's nothing I can do about this right now. Right now, I am focused on this and I'm doing all that I'm supposed to do. That's it. So for example, one of the greatest acts of of trust and faith growing has been this parenting journey. And I will sometimes get struck with these thoughts because I grew up as an anxious person. I tend to worry a lot. I tend to go towards anxiety and God has done a lot of healing for me in that area. And He's given me tools to be able to respond differently. So just a little side note, if you struggle with anxiety and worry that we can overcome that, and yet there may still always be a weakness, like a scar that's there, that, that like, a, like a limp we might have from a broken leg. There's still that weakness that might be there that might pop up from time to time. And with God's power and with these tools to be able to know practically how to implement that, we can get past it. So just to say that that's, that's still part of our lives, but we now have the confidence and the ability to step into it a little differently. So one of these things that I've noticed is when it strikes at 3 a.m. is that I can say this statement, something along these lines, and you can create something like this for yourself. This is just a paraphrase of what I tell myself. Yes, Lord, I see the situation, whatever it is, and I see how I'm worried about it. I give you every part of it. I pray for you to show me how I play a role in bringing resolution. And then I release the rest to you. There's nothing I can do right now at this moment outside of prayer. And this is the part with the sleep. I know you want me to be rested so I can handle this situation well. So your call to me right now is to release it and to go to sleep. And then to go to sleep. That is the action often when it strikes in those moments, or even if it's in the middle of the day and you're like, God, I am doing this. You've called me to do this and this. I'm doing that. I'm not going to let fear take over. I'm not going to let it make me feel overwhelmed. I am going to take control and say, this is the truth. I'm focusing on this and I'm giving it back to you again. That is the act of trust. And that is the act of growing in our, in the Lord in this way. There's a very powerful verse that I know you've heard. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. I have something to say for some people who might be listening to this, and it's going to strike hard. So my point is not to offend or to hurt feelings, but I want to say this because I feel like it needs to be said. Sometimes the only way we're going to learn to trust the Lord and to learn that he's trustworthy is by giving him an opportunity to prove himself trustworthy. Some of us are, have put God on a leash. We've put him on a leash and said, okay, well, just do this and just do this. And I'm going to hold on to the rest of this. How are we ever going to see him as the big and mighty transformative God that he is? If we keep him on a leash, ladies, if we say this is all that he can be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust him with all of this. I understand how scary it is to just, especially if you've been hurt, to open your hands a little and release a little bit of it. But today, what if just this is the moment where he's calling you to release just a little bit, just a little bit. And this, what if these 3 a.m. moments where you're having all these fearful thoughts where you feel overwhelmed, what if this is the moment where he says, where we can say, I'm giving it to you and I'm going to show you that I trust you by I'm going back to sleep. What if it's that small decision and then you see him show up? What if that builds the trust that you're looking for? Because when we build trust, it builds upon itself. So trust him. Have the ability to decide to step into release so that you can see him show up and show himself to be trustworthy. Last question, number six. What is God calling me to do with this? And how will I respond? This is the decide question. What will we do with what we're feeling? So we've honored the emotions. We've heard them. We've felt why it makes sense we're feeling this way. What are we going to do with it? All too often, we know, we know what we need to do, but we find ourselves staying stuck in the overwhelm and the processing and the fears because we're afraid, because we're afraid. So there was a client that I had the other day who wanted to get started in her business and who had all these ideas and was thinking about this and this and this. And yet she had said, really the issue was the overwhelm and the fear and, and the what ifs. And so we talked about why this indecision was helpful. And that sounds kind of weird to say, but when we stay stuck in indecision, it keeps us from moving forward into, into stepping out of our comfort zone. So it keeps us safe to stay in indecision and overwhelm. And a lot of us sometimes find ourselves stay stuck in that because we're like, it's just more comfortable to kind of analyze everything. And we think we're taking control by saying, okay, well, if I have every outcome figured out, then it's going to turn out the way that I expect. When re in reality, sometimes God is just like, my beautiful daughter, you've processed this enough. You've heard from me about how I want you to step out. There are a thousand ways that you could step out. It's not like, it's like wearing the blue dress or the red dress. It's not a, it's not a, a, a right or wrong moral decision on how this happens. You can step out in these different ways. I want you to take the step. I want you to just move forward and to not let indecision keep you from moving in the direction that you know you need, to, that I'm calling you to do. And so there's no guarantee we're all looking for the guarantee. We're all looking for the risk-free option. And let me tell you, friend, there is no guarantee that you your life will be without risk or without any sort of uh, bad thing happening. We have God as our protector to guide us, 
and to walk us through every situation. He's going to be with us. And yet we're still scared because we've been hurt. And that's part of just our programming. That's part of how we're made as humans to, to avoid risk and to turn to, towards pleasure. But we have to come to that reality that there is sometimes no decision. In fact, there really isn't any decision that we can make that will avoid that risk. So moving forward and making a decision is risky, but also staying in that same spot can be risky. So ultimately we get to decide, what do we wanna do with this? Will we let it go? How can we release the overwhelm? What decision should we make? Is it trust? Is it action? What is it that God wants us to do in that moment based on the feelings we're feeling and the truth? Now, of course, the truth always over, overshadows and is stronger than our feelings and our emotions. We're not saying that our feelings are going to drive and, and, and reign over the truth. We always are obedient to the Holy Spirit within us and his truth. At the same time, we can process the difficulty of the emotions and the overwhelm while we're acting and moving forward in the decision to follow truth. So it's really important to know that it's not one or the other. The truth is always going to reign supreme, but God has to get us to a place where we're ready to move in truth with power. There's a couple of really interesting verses I wanted to share with you about this idea of moving forward. First, that we get to decide what we will do and God is not going to force us. He's not going to force us as much as some days we would want him to say, God, just make me do the right thing. Right. He's a loving God. He's not going to make you do the right thing. And that we can, in our own mind, sometimes twist how we think things should turn out just based on our own viewpoint. Uh, there's a story in Acts 28 verses one to six. I'm going to read it here. It says, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the Island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt, though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But shall Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or to suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and they decided that he was a God. All right. I'm sharing this story just to share with you how as humans, we can change our perception of what the truth is and what we should do, how we should respond to something or someone within a matter of minutes. Now, keep in mind, these people that he's referencing, the people of Malta, were not believers. So they didn't have the spirit of God in them, the Holy Spirit guiding them. But just, it's possible as humans for us to do this. So they go from being in the beginning, people of the island were very kind to us. They built a fire on the shore to welcome us. So, oh yeah, hey, Paul and his friends, they're great. Goes from there to, he gets bit by a snake. Oh, he's a murderer. He, God will not, or justice will not permit him to live, right? It goes from, he's really great to now he's a murderer. And then when they see that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds, it says, and decided he was a god. So how can Paul go from being a favored visitor of the island to a murderer to a god? Paul's situation or who he was, his character hadn't changed. It was their perception of the situation. So I'm sharing all this to say, look, sometimes when we are feeling all of these things and we're overwhelmed, it's really easy for our emotions and our view of it to come to the front. But we get a choice. We get to decide what we're going to focus on and how we're going to filter it. Romans 8, 
verses five to nine, and then verses 12 to 14 are very powerful verses about this. So verses five to nine say, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God and never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. But you, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. All right, skipping down to 12 to 14. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. You and I have control over our thoughts by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a flesh that wants to turn, turn towards fear and negative thinking. But at the end of the day, we have the power of asking ourselves, am I going to let the Holy Spirit control my thoughts? Or am I going to let my own fear and flesh control my thoughts? It's normal and it makes sense why we would let fear even be in there. But at the end of the day, as followers of God, we have the power to rise above it and to say, I'm going to let truth be the filter for how I act. I'm going to let that, what is true and godly and whole and pure, those are going to be the things I'm going to focus on. And it takes discipline to do this. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I think, and in fact, I'm going to have to do another episode on this, the idea of discipline. Wow. The idea of self-discipline is so underrated in our churches, and it is so underrated in the idea of mindset. We have got to take control of our thoughts, ladies. We just do. And so often we want somebody else to do it for us, or we think, oh, I don't have to think about that. But how much, how much power could we have if we just said, I know that's not true, and I'm not going to think about that. And we started building this habit of every time that came up, no, I've given that to God, and I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I'm not going to think about that anymore. Again, it might still keep coming up. But as we begin to build this habit of saying, I've given that to God, I know what the truth is, I'm not going to let it control me anymore, we begin to grow in power. We're moving our spirit to be more in line with what the Holy Spirit says. So there is great, great power of that. So these six questions, these six questions can be an amazing guide to help you as you're walking through overwhelm to discern what you're feeling, to, to acknowledge it first and, and see why it makes sense to discern the truth in it, whether that's uh, ways of truth that maybe we've put on as filters or, or if we are not understanding God's role in this and what our role is, and then also deciding what are we going to do with this? At the end of the day, God can't make us follow him. He can't make us let go of this overwhelm. Is this an opportunity for trust? Is this an opportunity to step into something new with him? And as we said in the beginning, this is one layer of managing these feelings of overwhelm. And often overwhelm is associated and goes hand in hand with things like anxiety. So if you would like to be able to understand more about why you might have these moments of overwhelm or feel anxious, and you wanna create a plan that is gonna help you find some compassion for why it makes sense you're feeling like this, but also to find the truth and to create uh, very specific ways of, of how you might be able to change your thoughts in this moment, and also have these, these, these practical steps, 
then I invite you check out the Calm Your Anxiety Toolkit. It really is a great resource that has video teaching to show you step-by-step how to do this. There's very practical resources. There's affirmations. There's a Bible study as part of it. So it is a comprehensive resource that you can use time and again to be able to help yourself step out of the overwhelm in those moments and to really find clarity in a way that's not just saying, just stop believing this and, and believe that instead. It helps you to process and acknowledge why it makes sense you're feeling like this, but also say at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm God's daughter and this is where I'm going to live. This is where I'm going to emotionally dwell. All right, friends, I would love to talk to you more about this on Instagram. You can find me at Alicia Michelle coach. I am also on TikTok now. I know this is a new thing for me. I have decided to join TikTok. I know there's a lot of controversy back and forth about TikTok. Here's my take on TikTok. It is an avenue, a very powerful avenue for us to be able to speak truth. At the end of the day, that's what it is. And the, the truth about TikTok is that a lot, a lot of young people watch TikTok and are influenced by things on TikTok. So if God has given us an opportunity to be able to speak truth there and share light there and people are hungry there, then I want to be there. So that's where I'm at with TikTok. And if you are on TikTok and have a similar mindset, I've, and if you're not, I totally get it. I honor your decision. But if you are, join me there. It's at Alicia Michelle Coach on TikTok or on Instagram. And you can also find me on Facebook as well at Alicia Michelle Coach. So any of those places, if you want to talk more about this, if you want to share your story, if you want to, to see, just experiment with some of these questions and, and let me know how it works. I would love to talk to you more about that. So join me there on those places. All right, friends, I'll see you back here next week for next week's episode. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today for the Christian Mindset Coach. If you loved today's show, would you take two seconds and share a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts? I've got a special gift for you when you share a review, my amazing 50 I Am Declarations, 50 statements and Bible verses about who you are in Christ. This is an audio meditation and a written statement that is extremely popular with my clients, and I want to give you access just for sharing your Apple Podcast review. Simply screenshot your review and send it to hello at vibrantchristianliving.com, and we'll send you the link to access the 50 I Am Declarations resource. Thanks so much for sharing your rating and review so that we can get the word out about the podcast. See you back here next week.